Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here in The Truth, back with another episode of our weekly Major League Baseball show. I am not joined by AJ Ponciano for today's show. We had some scheduling conflicts, his Wi-Fi has been bugging, and I'm currently recording this podcast Monday at 6.44 Central Time, so kind of running low on some time. It's probably going to be a quicker show. I don't have time to really pull up a bunch of stats for certain teams, so I'm really just going to break down the teams, maybe a stat or two and some news, just to continue to get the MLB things rolling. That way next week we're hopefully able to pick up where we left off, so it should be fun probably not exciting but we're gonna go ahead and do it anyways because the show must go on let's go ahead and kick things off with the chicago cubs who have a 74 and 64 record are seven and three in their last 10 games had a three game set at home versus the brewers won two out of three there then had a four game set at cincinnati reds where they split two and two Big series for the Cubs against the Reds just because of wild card implications in Major League Baseball. So we'll see what happens with the rest of the standings in the wild card race. We'll see who's able to take the NL Central. I think the Brewers have it for the moment. But who's going to come away with the wild card spots? That's going to be huge. Is it going to be the Cubs? Is it going to be the Reds? Right now, the Cubs are sitting three games in that second wild card spot. The Reds are tied for the final wild card spot there with the Diamondbacks. Good week, though, for the Cubs. They weren't able to necessarily fall out of the wild card race. They kind of just stuck right where they were. Justin Steele had a dominant outing today against San Francisco, even though that's um, technically not from the past week. I thought it was worth noting. And again, the Cubbies just seem to be in a good position right now. I keep saying this every week, but they're doing this without Marcus Stroman, so you definitely got to give them some credit there. Looking at the Cincinnati Reds, they're 71 and 68. As mentioned, they're tied for that third and final wild card spot with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Four and six in their last ten. They had a three-game set at San Francisco. They lost two out of three there, and then had that four-game set versus the Cubs, where they were able to win two out of four games there against the Cubs. For the Reds, this was still a big week for them. They had a lot of COVID issues. They're kind of going through a COVID outbreak right now. Williamson missed a start. Hunter Green missed a start. So kind of a lose-lose there, but the pitching did do a good job. Obviously, losing 15-7 to doesn't help in the final game there against the Cubs, but 1-2-1, to 1-3-2, to 1-4-1. to You know, they had some big outings from their pitching staff, and their pitching staff, in my opinion, has been the big reason why they've had success this season. Look, they've done this without Andrew Abbott for a period of this season. They've done this without Hunter Green for a period of this season. They're finding ways to get it done, and for some reason, Cincinnati is still alive in the playoff picture, so you got to give them credit at some point um, because of what they've been able to do recently, and the biggest thing, I guess, with them is are they going to be able to keep it up but like I said, if their pitching is able to stay healthy, stay away from COVID, and move forward in the right direction, this can be a dangerous team. But there's a lot of question marks surrounding them as far as who's going to be able to continue to play, who's going to be able to you know, maybe get not handle the pressure. So a lot of stuff coming up there for the Cincinnati Reds. Padres are 65-73, and 4-6 and six in their last 10 contests. Padre, Padres really had not cutting time. Lost 2 out of 3 at St. Louis. Then they had a 4-game set versus the Giants. Won the last 3 out of 4 games there. What a weird season. What a weird team the Padres are. They're still actually 6 games back in the NL wildcard spot. Are they probably out of it? Yes. They probably need to go on a 9-10 game win streak, especially towards the end of the season. But you look at teams behind them. They're 7.5 games back are the Mets and the Pi- Pirates. And then the Nationals are nine games back. So 
I know maybe they're not necessarily out of it, but they have to get a lot of ground made up, and they just have to sneak into that final wild card spot there. It's been disappointing to say the least. They're getting crushed right now by the Phillies, eight to one in the third inning, and that's kind of one of their teams they're chasing after. Padres did bring Jerickson Profar back, who was recently DFA'd from the Rockies. Suarez drops appeal. He's set to begin his 10-game suspension after testing positive for an illegal substance, if I'm not mistaken. So, again, the Padres just really shooting themselves in the foot, especially as of late. they got to find ways to adapt. they got to find ways to overcome. And I say this every week, but it just hasn't been for them. I did not mention, I will now, they have that big series coming up against the Phillies. How much does it really mean? I don't know. But for them, with the Phillies being the five wild card spot, they can mess a lot of things up down the line. I feel like they haven't had an off day in a while either. Maybe they have, but I feel like they're playing basically every game there. Let's go ahead and take a look at the Giants. The Giants are 70-68, and 4-6 and six in their last 10. Had a three-game set versus Cincinnati where uh, they almost had a no-hitter from Alex Cobb. And then they had a four-game set at San Diego. They won the first one there and then lost the last three. For the Giants, you know, their offense really still made it, especially in that San Diego series. Look, for the San Diego series, the last two games they had one run and zero runs, and today is zero runs again. Their offense has stunk. Kyle Harrison kind of got backed around a little bit. Alex Cobb had a good start, then he had a bad start. So it's just kind of been shooting themselves in the foot, to say the least. Today for the Giants, I believe Logan Webb was on the bump. Yeah, six and two-thirds, three earned runs. Not the worst of starts, but doesn't help. You can't win a lot of baseball games when your team scores zero runs. So got to find a way to get the offense going. I think that's been one of their downfalls throughout the season. I know AJ has touched base on it throughout you know the campaign, just the fact that their offense has been really bad. And I think that's, I guess everyone knew that, but... It really came into fruition this week as their offense was tremendously struggling there. So tough break there for the Giants. They're now sitting a game out of the wild card spot. Remember when we thought the Giants were low-key a lock for the wild card spot? They are currently sitting a game out of it. So they need to find a way to have a big series. They already lost to the Cubs, who they're right behind there in the standings. Three games, what, four games actually out for behind the Cubs. So big series against the Cubs coming up here. they got to find ways to get it done. The Arizona Diamondbacks are 71 and 67, 4 and 6 in their last 10. Diamondbacks have been a very interesting team this season, especially as of late. They got swept on the road at LA, and then they had a three-game set versus Baltimore, where they lost two to three there. So a down week for the Diamondbacks once again. It's been tough for them. I mean, it's been an up and down season. Tommy Fan was recently scratched after slamming a bat into a rack. That's just the definition of Tommy Fan if I've ever seen one. Kershaw shoved against them, had some other pitchers shove against them. Offense did suck as well. They did beat Colorado today, so got you know in the right foot there. But in the LA series, only scored one run in the final two games. Again, that's not going to win them a lot of baseball games. It just wasn't really a good 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 week for the Diamondbacks, which was kind of crucial. I mean, they had they went on like a nine game losing streak. Then they had made their way back into a somewhat winning streak, and then they kind of went back into a losing fall. So they're still sitting tired for that final wild card spot, but they got to make a push, got to make some noise. Coming up, they got a series against the Rockies, which would be huge. Then at Chicago, the Chicago Cubs for four games, and then at the Mets for four games. So it's going to be a tough stretch coming up here. They got a lot of important games coming up. If they're able to find a way to make some noise and make it to the wild card spot, they got the pitching, they got the tools, and they got to find ways to get it done. A team that has found ways to get it done is the Atlanta Braves, who are 90-46, and 46, including 8-2 in their last 10 contests. Had a three-game set at Colorado. They swept Colorado. Then had a four-game set at L.A. They won three out of four there. They did lose yesterday after Bobby Miller shoved for them. 
For the Braves, they've been playing great baseball. Matt Olsen, I believe, is at 43 home runs, hit another home run. Acuna recently homered in three straight games for them. Their offense has been absolutely phenomenal. Their pitching has been good, too. Charlie Morton, again, I mentioned this in Waking Up With The Truth, has what had, what, 25 decisions? He's been healthy, been reliable. Spencer Strider's been reliable. Bryce Elder. Max Fried's really coming off. Had a great start there against the Dodgers as well. So their pitching alone would win them a World Series, but the way that their bats have been able to play is completely spectacular. I mean, they have the best team, arguably one of the best teams of recent time, if you really look at it. They're 90-45. and 45. They win two games before losing one. It's absolutely insane. At this point, they're going to be at 110 wins, maybe, and be a really you know prolific team. It'd be kind of funny, though, if they end up losing and you know lose the first round of playoffs after the season that they've had, but you know, I know my boy Trevor French would be mad if I said that, so I'm not going to go ahead and say that. But bottom line, everyone knows that they've been playing great baseball. There's no wonder why they're the best team in all of baseball. And they're going to continue to be the best team of baseball moving down the line. Boston Red Sox are 72-66, and 4-6 in their last 10 contests. For the Red Sox, had a three-game set versus the Astros. Lost all three there. Then I had a four-game set at Kansas City. They won three out of four, winning the final games. Three, four, five, winning the final three out of four games there. Excuse me against Kansas City. For the Red Sox, um, you know, finding ways to get it done, especially in that Kansas City series. They lost the first one there, and a lot of people were a little bit worried just because they're on that little four-game losing streak. They did lose Jaron Duran to undergo uh, season-ending toe injury, so they lost him for the year, which sucks. But again, this is a team that a lot of people including myself and AJ, were a little bit down on. I mean, they're sitting four and a half games out of the wild card spot. They're at a 72-66 and 66 record. It's just the AL has been so good this season, which is one of the reasons why I think they've not necessarily made their mark in the wild card spot. But we had predicted they'd be fifth in the AL East. They're currently not. They're currently fourth. Um, Brian Bella had a good start going six innings and only giving up three earned runs there against the well, that was today, actually, against the Rays. But they won today, so they've been moving forward in the right direction. The biggest thing with them is can they make that push and find a way to get into the wild card standings? Because you look at the wild card standings, I mean, Toronto's ahead of them, the Texas Rangers, Houston Astros, and Tampa Bay Rays. It's going to be very hard to come with, but I think they're already doing better than they'd expect. And I think at this point, they're just going for pride and since say they're higher up in the standings than the Yankees. The White Sox are 53-85, and 3-7 and seven in their last 10. More than anything, the White Sox are just hoping to get past this season and move on to the next. Had a three-game set at Baltimore. They only won one out of three there. And then had a three-game set versus the Tigers. Lost all three there. The Detroit Tigers did get the best of them there. Just got clobbered. It was not fun for them. They got clobbered by the Royals today. It's just been tough. Everything's been going bad for the White Sox. Their White, so White Sox owner said this season is a nightmare. It's been embarrassing. I mean, that's an understatement at this point. Everything has gone bad for them. They cleaned their house, which is expected. They've dealt with some injuries, dealt with some controversies. It's just rough, and it feels like I don't want to compare this to the commander's owner situation because it's two completely different things. But with the amount of controversy surrounding the White Sox, it feels like they just need a complete rebuild from the front office to the players to everything around them because it's just been a disaster for them. So if they're able to find a way to just, I guess, turn the page and move forward in the right direction, then I think you'll be pleased. But for now, you just got to be disappointed. I mean, this was a team that had so much talent going into the season, and we had said that, but we also had said that they were going to shoot themselves in the foot, and they sure as hell did that, and they did that again and again and again. So we'll see if they're able to kind of change pace there moving into next year. Got some young pieces like Robert, or Robert, Robert, Leo Jimenez, so, and Dylan C's. Let's not forget Dylan C's on there too, not having a good year, so... White Sox, I think they'll be back next season, but we'll see for sure. 
The Guardians are 66 and 71, 6 and 4 in their last 10 contests. For the Guardians this season, it's been an up and down roller coaster year for them. They had a three game set at Minnesota where they took two out of three, and then had a three game set versus Tampa Bay where they took two out of three. Guardians did add some pieces as well. They added Lucas Giolito. Um, they added, let's see, they had Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Matt Moore off the waivers, all from the Angels. They obviously DFA'd Noah Syndergaard. We talked about that last time. It was kind of interesting because for the Guardians, I mean, I didn't really feel like they were competing for anything. They had kind of, I feel like, emotionally checked out, but they're still alive in it. They're five games back of the Twins right now. Sure, the Twins are clobbering them at the moment, but Guardians win that series. They're against the Twins. They're only, what, three games out? You never know. I mean, a lot of things can happen. This happened last season with the Twins. They just kind of choked, and the Guardians came in the mix there. But I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't know the contracts for Giolito, Matt Moore, or even um, Ronaldo Lopez, but I think it's more funny about that is the fact that those guys were traded to the Angels from you know like the White Sox, and they ended up getting released. So it's just kind of a weird cycle there. But I thought it was interesting because, again, you don't see these teams like or guys like these are becoming buyers. Yeah, Lucas Giolito did not do good in his start. We'll talk more about that in next week's show. Um, and so there's just been a lot of weird things with the Guardians, but I guess they're still somewhat in the mix, and they have a lot of opportunity to make the postseason. And who knows, maybe make a deep run at it. I really don't know. That would be the classic Guardians thing I've ever seen in my life. The Colorado Rockies are 50-87, and 2-8 and eight in their last 10. For the Rockies this season, again, been disappointing for them. They got swept by the Braves at home, got clobbered. Then they had a three-game set versus Toronto, got clobbered there, two out of three. Again, disappointing year for the Rockies. I think this was expected to, to say. Daniel Bard was placed in the 15-day IL with right forearm fatigue. At least it's not mental health at this point. They had talked maybe about having... Charlie Blackman be you know part of their franchise moving forward that'd be quite interesting they had a kind of similar situation the situation with the White Sox where a guy jumped out at Ronald Acuna he uh, I think bumped him over tackled him something like that so again a disappointing week for the Rockies they haven't been playing good baseball at all I wouldn't even say they're in a red phase to rebuild because I don't think they're French or the minor league system that they have going is going to be good as well so it's just a lose-lose for Rockies fans at this point can they find a way to have success down the line yeah sure I think maybe as time goes on but for now it's just been pretty disappointing it's been pretty lackluster to say the least and again they got to find ways to I guess adapt and, and move forward and for anything just at least take pride in your franchise and don't let your franchise go down the wrong path got some young guys Nolan Jones should be good for them um, some young pitchers as well, but again, it's hard to pitch at Coors Field when you're giving up home runs basically every day because you're playing in an insane ballpark. The Detroit Tigers are 63 and 74. Again, they're still my dark horse to win the AL Central. 63 and 74, five and five in their last ten for the Tigers. Had a four-game set versus the Yankees. Lost the first three, won the last one there, and then they had the three-game set at the Chicago White Sox. Won all three games there, including that middle game there, 10-0, where Reese Olsen goes seven innings, four hits, no earned runs, one strikeout, and no walks. Reese Olsen, a guy that they could use for their franchise. Their pitching's been good, too. I mean, for the most part, Reese Olsen, I mean, I think he's gotten better as time's gone on. Eduardo Riguez pitches into the seventh inning against the White Sox. Um, you got guys like Tariq Scoble. Let's not forget Casey Mize, too. I believe he's, what, the number former number one overall pick? Somewhere high in that. He's been out the entire season as well, so you get him next season back. I mean, especially with how bad the AL Central is and seemingly how bad the AL Central is going to continue to be down the line. 
this has got a lot of opportunity to be great for a team like the Detroit Tigers in their rebuilding phase. They've already been ahead of pace, in my opinion, from where they were last year and where they ultimately want to be with this franchise. So it's already been a win on the season. I guess the cherry on top would be winning the division. It seems unlikely. I think they're eight games back of the division lead right now. But again, you never really know. There's a lot of crazy things that have happened. It's baseball. Baseball is the one sport where every team every year has a chance to win just because of a lot of it being, you know, having trust in the minor league system and just a lot of change of pace. We've seen teams win a World Series that weren't expected to, like the Nationals, for example. The Houston Astros are 78-61, and 6-4 and four in their last 10, currently second in the AL West. Had a three-game set at the Boston Red Sox, swept them, then had a three-game set versus New York, got swept by them. Hunter Brown got the loss in that middle game against the uh, Yankees. And then I believe Christian Javier as well got a loss yesterday, going six innings, three and runs as well. So pitching did let them down a little bit. Jose Altuve got injured, it seems like, for the 15th time this season. He exited early because of a bruised left leg three days ago. I'm not sure if he's back um, and back and playing for the Astros at the moment, but he definitely was injured. That definitely did hurt them. He's been a guy that has been able to stay healthy. They did recently get Michael Brantley back, though. Michael Brantley has been you know, a seasoned vet, it seems like. Michael Brantley's already gotten a home run. He's batting 308, or he was going into today. So they got guys like him back. But again, they have just not been the best that they've been in a while. And again, the biggest thing for them is consistency. Can they have consistency as time goes on? And can they make that run in the postseason? I had said for the White Sox, the biggest thing with them is obviously their health and being able to stay healthy. And if they're able to stay healthy, I mean, this is a team that we've seen at last year won the World Series, got a lot of the same pieces back, got Verlander back, um, a solid Valdez, solid Christian Javier, um, you know, a solid Hunter Brown. This is a very good pitching staff. We already know what their bullpen can do, as they've done in the past. Next, we got the Kansas City Royals. Again, the Kansas City Royals, a big win today against the White Sox, 12-1. We'll talk more about that in next week's show. But they're 43-96, and 2-8 in their last 10. Hasn't had a bright spot this season besides maybe Bobby Witt and Salvador Perez. But last week, they had a three-game set versus the Pirates got swept. And then they had that four-game, three-game set versus the Red Sox where they lost two out of three there. So, again, just a bit of disappointing year for the uh, Royals. I think they're actually in a really good position in their rebuilding phase, though. We've seen some of their starters. Yeah, there's been some inconsistencies uh, at the starting position for certain spots. And I think, yeah, the starting pitchers potentially can have a high mix, high volume as time goes on. You look at their offensive side, yeah, Salvador Perez seems like he'll be there for a little more period of time. On top of that, uh, Salvador Perez, Bobby Witt's been on fire. So there's been a lot of good things for them going forward. I think that's going to be huge for them. But the biggest question mark is what are they going to do with their rebuilding phase? Hopefully they don't mess it up. They don't mess it up. And this is a team, again, that can be very solid down the line and get back to their World Series ways. And Zach Greinke's just been not A-OK. He's 1-14 on the year, which is not very good. I believe he's scored like a 5-year-A. Just been a loss-loss situation for them right now. So we'll see again as time moves on from there. Next, we got the Los Angeles Dodgers. Man, the Los Angeles Dodgers have been in a lot of headlines today, to say the least. For the Dodgers, Julio Urias just got arrested for felony domestic violence. That is no bueno. For the Dodgers as a whole, though, they've had a good season. Um, as mentioned, they're 84-52. and 52. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. 
Bobby Miller shoved to not get swept by the Braves there. Going seven strong innings for the Dodgers. Three hits, one run, five Ks, and one walk on the day. Earlier games as well, they had a three-game set versus the Diamondbacks, swept them. Then they had a four-game set, as mentioned, versus the Braves, where they did lose three out of four. But Bobby Miller, is good to see him have a good start. Emmett Sheehan, I didn't think the terrible. Uh, Vestia, you know, choked there earlier on, got the loss. I believe it was on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. But again, the biggest thing with the Dodgers, I mean, the Diamondback series was great for them. Kershaw looked absolutely great for them. He went five innings, three hits, one and run, five Ks, and three walks. I think the biggest thing is their pitching is so up and down. I mean, you know their bats are going to be good. Mookie's going to be solid. Freeman, I feel like, has cooled down a lot tremendously. Um, you got guys like James Altman in the mix as well. Uh, Rojas, I mean, there's a lot of good options on the offensive side. The pitching can be better. I think there's just a lot of young guys and inconsistencies. And honestly, I think that's the calling card for them. I think that's one of the reasons why they haven't been as successful as maybe years past because of the way that they've been pitching, especially as of late. So being able to find ways to adapt and overcome is going to be huge for them. Miami Marlins. Boy, the Miami Marlins have been interesting this season. The Miami Marlins are a good team, don't get me wrong. Last season, or last game I should say yesterday Sandy Alcantara was able to get the win going eight innings nine hits two earned runs three Ks and two walks on the day the Marlins are currently sitting with a 70 and 67 overall record they're currently sitting a half game out of the final wild card spot the biggest thing with them has to be consistency I mean like I feel like I've talked about this every game but for the Miami Marlins their pitching has been up and down particularly Uri Perez He's been pretty solid. Uri Perez has been pretty solid. David Robertson blew two saves for him, and then he wasn't that great in his last of starts. Jesus Lazardo started off the season pretty good. He was also kind of average as well. Cueto, I believe, picked up his first win for the week as well, and they added some bullpen depth. They got their guy uh, Jorge Lopez right back in the mix as well. Jorge Soler has let, left the game against the hips with hip tightness. He hasn't been back. Jose, or Jorge Soler, excuse me, has been very solid for the Miami Marlins, especially on the offensive side. Has provided them with the offensive juice that they really needed to kind of take that next step moving forward. The Marlins, though, this week had that two-game set versus the Rays, lost both games there. Then had a four-game set in Nationals Park and were able to come away with the sweep. So it was big for them. Big to win the must-win games there against Washington which was huge and now you know moving forward they got a date coming up here with a series kicking off against the Dodgers which is going to be interesting um, but again the biggest thing with the Marlins being able to can score runs having consistencies from guys like Alcantara I mentioned earlier um, and I'm going to keep mentioning this it seems like the fact that they got Jorge Lopez which helps in the bullpen even though he hasn't had the best of seasons he had you know a good amount of success there with the Marlins before he ended up getting uh, traded and or sorry he didn't have the best of seasons with the Marlins you know as he was with the Orioles, now he's back with the Orioles. They lost him out of the bullpen. I was saying that backwards the whole time. But the Marlins are in a good position, and they're only a half game out of the wild card spot right now. The Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee Brewers, again, they're doing better and better as time goes on. They're 76 and 60, currently first in the NL Central. Teams that are chasing them, obviously, the Cubs and the Reds seems to be at this point. The Cubs, I think, are two games back, if I'm not mistaken. So the Brewer, uh, Braves are holding on to you know a lighter lead at the moment. But for the Brewers, they've had a good stretch of games. They're seven and three in their last ten. Six seventy-six and sixty overall, as mentioned. Had a three-game set at Chicago where they lost two out of three. Had a three-game set versus the Phillies. They won both games seven to five and then lost two to four. Again, the biggest thing with them is going to be consistencies. I mean, on the offensive side, I think a lot of people um, kind of haven't talked about guys like Brian Anderson. You know, they 
have guys Christian Yelich. I mean, he started off the season pretty solid. Solid. He's been kind of just average, especially as of late. Pitching's been solid. They added Josh Donaldson on the minor on a minor league deal. So there's a lot of things going good for the Brew Crew. If Josh Donaldson's able to get back to his MVP ways and get onto that roster, that's gonna only gonna only gonna bolster the Brewers staff as a whole moving forward. So if you're a Brewers fan, you gotta be pleased with how things are looking. You'd obviously like things to be maybe a little bit better, more consistencies on the offensive side and pitching side. Corbin Burns having more consistency would help too. But all in all, you can't be too upset if you're a, a Milwaukee Brewer fan. The Minnesota Twins are 71 and 66, six and four in their last ten contests. For the Minnesota Twinkies, they had a three-game set versus the Guardians, lost two out of three there. Then they had a three-game set at the Texas Rangers, won two out of three there for them. Twins, man, I mean they've looked good, they've looked bad as well. Funderbunk made his debut, I believe it was against the Guardians. He went a perfect two innings and then got rocked by Cole Calhoun. He's been a good asset out of the bullpen. I don't know if Brock Stewart's ever going to come back. I just forgot about Brock Stewart. But Brock Stewart was on pace to have one of the best you know, relief seasons for the Twins in a long time. So there's a lot of things going well for the Twins. You know, I thought they would have cracked at this point. They haven't seen the crack just yet. Let's not forget Brock Stewart is 31 years of age. He had a 25-pitch uh, bullpen scheduled, so he looks like he's going to be back hopefully sometime soon. His last appearance, it looks like, was on June 27th. Love to have some consistency from him back. But the Twins' offense been doing it. They've been killing it today against the Guardians. Everything's been going good for the Twins. They just got to find ways to continue moving forward. They're in the right direction. And they got a, a big series coming up, as mentioned, with the Guardians this week. That's going to be huge for them. they got some complicated games coming up as well. So this is not cutting time for Rocco Baudel. He knows his job's on the line. If they can't make the division or win the division in the worst division in baseball, he should be fired by the end of this season. The New York Yankees are hot, man. The Yankees, are they going to make a surprise pick back into contention for the <laughs> for baseball. I mean, look, the Yankees, they've been playing great baseball as of late. They recently just swept the Astros, which was huge. I don't think a lot of people were expecting that to happen. Um, for the Yankees right now, they're currently sitting with a 68-69 and 69 record. Yeah, fifth in the AL East. But overall, in the wild card standings, they're eight games back. So they're probably out of it. Again, with the wildcard stands, I feel like I'm a broken record, but I would say that the Tampa Bay Rays or the Orioles, whoever loses that division, is a lock. But more than that, I think also guys like um, maybe Texas or Houston, one of those two is a lock, and then the final wildcard spot will be between that and um, other guys as well. So for them, you know, you'd like to expect a little bit more consistency maybe. You'd like to expect a little change of pace. But they've been relatively consistent, especially as of late. 68 and 69 record, as mentioned. 7 and 3 in their last 10 contests. Had a four game set at Detroit where they won 3 out of 4 on the road. Had a three game set at Houston. They took all three games there. So, win wins for Yankees fans. You got to be pleased with how they've been playing. Dominguez homered again as they completed three games. Super the Astros, their young guy there. Um, he was he's delivered I believe homer in both games there. He had a home run in his first at batch, which kind of set the tone and uh, kind of moved the Yankees forward in the right direction. So Yankees future, I always say this, they always say that they look bright, but again they're like the highest payroll team in baseball and they haven't won a World Series and it seems like forever. So shame on them. Oakland Athletics, the Oakland Athletics lost today against the Blue Jays, but the Oakland Athletics recently swept the Angels. They're 42 and 96 overall been a no bueno season for them 
probably going to be the first team to lose 100. Maybe the Royals will be the first two team to lose to 100. They lost two out of three at Seattle, and then they swept the Angels, as mentioned. So they've been playing good baseball as of late. Zach Eloff's been playing phenomenal. I liked what AJ had said, I believe it was last week, that Zach Eloff probably going to win Rookie of the Year next year. Guys, let's not forget, Zach Eloff did get called up to the major leagues after the All-Star break, and he's been an absolute tear for them. Paul Blackburn's been consistent for the Angels, or the A's as well, pitching-wise. Um, I just watched Joey Gallo hit a 500-foot home run, by the way. I just thought I'd mention that. But, um, yeah, for the Athletics, he's been really solid, and that's something that they've needed is guys like Zach Eloff to be consistent. They've obviously wanted their pitchers to be more consistent as well, but all in all, again, you got to be pleased with the Athletics for what they were able to do against the Angels. Again, I'm the biggest Angels hater just because they didn't trade Shohei Otani, and, and they basically ruined his career as well as they ruined Mike Trout. So winning against the Angels, sweeping them, was the bright spot of their season, I probably would say. I don't know if there are any rivals or anything like that, but good on them there. Philadelphia Phillies, they're in a good position. As mentioned, the Phillies are the number one wildcard team right now, and they don't look like they're going to win the division. I mean, look, the Braves are 15 games ahead in this division, and that's ridiculous because the Phillies are 71 and six, 75 and 61. That just goes to show how good that the, the Braves are and how good the NL, NL East really has been throughout the season. Taking a look at the Phillies, they're 6-4 and four in their last 10. Had a three-game set versus L.A. They won two out of three there. Had a three-game set at Milwaukee, lost two out of three. So for the Phillies, you'd expect consistency. I think they've done a good job with that. Their pitching's been solid. Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler, guys like that have done a good job. Alec Bohm has been really good. Him and Ramuto hit back-to-back home runs. That was his career home run 150, I believe it was there. Um, he also, Bohm had a good home run and good success there, but he also had a costly error against the Brewers as well. Schwarber continues to hit home runs. The Phillies recently activated Ranger Suarez from the I.L., which again helps build the rotation and you know make them um, more eligible, I guess you could say, for the postseason and having success there. So all in all for the Phillies and Phillies fans, Philly fanatic, you got to be pleased with how you guys have been playing so far this season. Next on the list, we have the Seattle Mariners. Look, the Seattle Mariners have been playing great baseball. I mean, this is a team that started from the bottom and now they're here. Look, they're 77 and 60 overall, having a great season thus far. Looking at the Mariners, Castillo had a bit of a rough start there against the Mets. Um, you know, he was one of those guys that I was expecting to kind of do well and he just didn't there. So that was disappointing. But the Angels, you know, they claimed right handed pitcher Dominic Leone off waivers. That was good for the Mariners as a whole. But. All in all, Castillo had a great start against the Royals. He shoved against them there. Uh, they had the series against the Royals, as mentioned, on Sunday. And then Oakland, they had three games that won 2 out of 3. And then at New York, lost 2 out of 3. A little bit of a cold streak, but Seattle's still in a good position. I believe Seattle is winning their division right now. Again, that's very interesting. If Seattle is able to make it to the postseason with having George Kirby, Castillo, Maybe even a veteran, or not a veteran, but like a wild horse, like Brian Wu, and then Andre Munoz out of the bullpen. They traded Paul Sewell. Imagine if they had both men. This would be a team that would be extremely scary come uh, postseason time. But this team as a whole has been doing good. Julio Rodriguez has stayed hot, and the Mariners have stayed consistent, which has been the biggest thing for them moving forward. The Tampa Bay Rays, man. The Tampa Bay Rays, remember when they started the season, what, like 13-0, something like that? Maybe that was a little bit too high, 13-0, um, whatever it was. They're 83 and 55 right now. They're six and four in their last 10 contests. For the Tampa Bay Rays, they had a two-game set at Miami where they won both games. 
Then they had a three-game set at Cleveland, lost two out of three there. So I guess an up-and-down stretch. It feels like it's been an up-and-down stretch for a period of time. I would like to see some more consistencies, particularly from their pitching. Yandy Diaz, I was about to say Juan Franco's had a good season. He has had a good season, but he continues to deal with the off-the-field stuff with the relationships with younger women. Zach Eflon's been relatively solid for them. Tyler Glasnow's been really good for them. It's really good to see Tyler Glasnow have success this season just because, you know, Tyler Glasnow's been one of those guys that you can say he's a savvy vet. Um, he's been a guy that's been dealing with some injuries, but he's able to have a good amount of success, which is huge. Uh, Colin Pochet got the win yesterday against the Guardians in point two innings as the Rays were able to score three runs there in the ninth inning. So, being the best, I think the Rays are the best late ball, late inning team in all baseball. Continuing to do that at a good effective rate is huge for them moving forward. And that's going to be critical for their chances of winning a World Series this year. So they got to continue to make right strides in that direction. Texas Rangers have been cold, in my opinion, as of late. You know, the Rangers, they're 76-61. and 61. They were winning the division for a period of time. Now falling to the last wild card spot there. Still holding on to that wild card spot at the moment, but who really knows? Looking at the Rangers as a whole, I mean, it's been disappointing in my opinion. They had uh, the set, or the series, I should say, against Minnesota. They lost two out of three there. Were able to win a walk-off in the last game of the series. But had the three-game set in New York where they won two out of three, Max Scherzer had a really good start against the Twins, went six innings, I believe 88 pitches got pulled because of forearm tightness, and then Brock Burke, or whoever that guy is, Burke, ended up blowing the game and the Twins ended up winning that one there in the first game of the series. Then they choked again in the second game of the series, lost there before winning the final game on an Adolis Garcia walk-off. Look, the Rangers have to be better. We were giving them a lot of credit for the success that they had and respectively. So look, they're doing this without Jacob deGrom. They have a good rotation, but they got to stay consistent. If they're able to stay consistent, they'll be fine. They have no reason to fail. I mean, they really don't. They have a lot of things going for them in the right direction. And I'm not saying that the Rangers are going to fail, but it is something to keep notice of and keep track of down the line and seeing if they're going to fail or if they're going to be able to rise to the occasion. And um, right now they're quote-unquote failing. Got a series coming up against the Astros. They already lost the first game in that series, which is a huge series there for wild-card seeding and wild-card positioning. It looks like right now it's between Houston, Texas, and Toronto for those final three wild-card spots. But the Texas Rangers are just one or two wins away from getting right back into you know the division lead. So a lot of things to be happy about if you're a Rangers fan, although it's been a little bit of a tough stretch as of late. I think they're continuing to move forward in the right direction. The Blue Jays are 76-62, and 6-4 and four in their last 10 contests. For the Blue Jays, again, they've had a pretty good season. They did lose Danny Jensen to IR, I believe, the rest of the season with a fractured thumb. Their pitching's been pretty solid. Um, for them, they ended up winning today against Oakland, but they won 2 out of 3 at Colorado. They won 2 out of 3 versus Washington. They've been playing average baseball, and they're kind of in an average position right now, a half game out of the final wild card spot. They have to be better. They have slowly started to be better. Barrios, Gossman have been just right in the middle there. On the offensive side, they've obviously dealt with injuries with Bo Bichette. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been good for them, so they just kind of find ways to, again, be consistent. And if they're able to be consistent, Moving forward, I'm liking their chances of having success, but their consistency does scare me, especially at times where their pitching's kind of up, their pitching's kind of down. So finding ways to win and winning the games that they should. The series against the Athletics this week, they should win all three games there. That could single-handedly be the difference from them making you know, the playoffs or going home. Uh, but they got to have consistencies there. They won yesterday. They uh, Kevin Gossman had a decent start, but then got pulled because of rain. 
for them. And then they also won the first game there against Colorado 13-9. to So a lot of interesting things happening with the Blue Jays. Um, a lot of bullpen work. Jordan Hicks has looked good. Romano's looked good. They're starters. They need more consistency from their starters unless they, they want to be well, they need more consistency from the starters if they want to be you know, a championship-caliber team. The Nationals, the Washington Nationals, they just got swept by the Marlins. That was obviously not good. But for the Nationals as a whole, I think it's got to be a pleaseful season for them. They're 62-76, and 76, again, in that rebuilding phase. Patrick Corbin's been relatively solid for them. Steven Strasburg, obviously, as we mentioned, retired. So kind of a lose-lose for that, but the amount of money that they're going to have to owe Strasburg moving forward. CJ Abrams has looked good. Lane Thomas has obviously looked good. Yimer Candelario looked good. And then he got traded. Kbert Ruiz has had a good season for them. Um, there's been a lot of things good. They recently called the contract of Drew Milas. They haven't called the contract of Johnny McHenry, which is a bit concerning, or Dylan Cruz. But Dylan Cruz has been tearing it up in the minor leagues right now, so the future seems to be bright. They have a lot of prodigies on the mound. Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, um, just a lot of maybe question marks and, and bulk over the future but as far as the rebuilding teams are concerned i think this is probably the best rebuilding team there is they're that not necessarily that close to winning a world series but they're heading forward in the right direction to get to the world series again with a lot of the younger guys that they have as long as they're able to stay consistent had that three game set at toronto they lost two out of three and then had a four game set versus miami where they got swept Again, inconsistencies from the pitching did kill them. Their pitching was not very good. Trevor Williams had four innings, 12 hits, eight earned runs, three Ks, and no walks, and the 11-5 loss to the Marlins. They also lost yesterday 4-6 to six against the Marlins. Finnegan did get the loss there. They're a big-time veteran, not veteran, but big-time um, relief pitcher there. One inning, two earned runs. It was the two runs in the ninth inning. So that was obviously disappointing. They lost, you know, a game in extra innings against the Marlins, and they also lost with Yohan Adan going five innings, five earned runs. So the starting pitcher was inconsistent for them throughout the season, and especially this week. Although Patrick Corbin had been inconsistent his last start, he was relatively solid for them earlier on, and he was a contributing factor to them winning World Series. So we'll see moving forward with the Nationals. The Baltimore Orioles have been playing good baseball. The Baltimore Orioles are a team that I think a lot of people are expecting to continue to have a good season moving forward. The Orioles recently, you know, they're currently sitting right now ahead of the AL East, the 85 and 51 record. They've been consistent throughout the season. They're seven and three in their last ten. Won the series against the Diamondbacks, winning two out of three there. And before that, they had a three-game series versus Chicago, I believe, um, having good success there. So for the Orioles, it's been consistently successful. I think a lot of people were questioning if the Orioles, Orioles were legit. They obviously won two out of three against Chicago. They won two out of three against Arizona. Been consistent. I think their biggest inconsistency and their biggest scarcity for me is their starting pitching. Also, Felix Bautista, we mentioned, hit the IL. So that's disappointing for them. They did get Jorge Lopez back. Is he going to be you know, a contributing factor to them making the postseason? Maybe. But he can kind of fill in a role there as a former closer for the Orioles, especially while Batista's gone. And then when Bautista comes back, if Jorge Lopez is able to get back on track with Yonir Cano kind of coming back to reality, Felix, Felix Bautista and Jorge Lopez, they don't got to worry about their starting pitching because um, they're going to be that much closer to you know winning a World Series. And Jackson Holiday, number one overall prospect, promoted to AAA. This guy has just tore through the minor league ranks. 
wouldn't be surprised if he got called up, you know, went for a September call up. I mean, and help them, you know, push for a World Series. He's been phenomenal, just mashing the ball everywhere he goes. So good season so far for the Orioles, and the future is really bright. So this is a team you went through a lot of painful years as Oriole fans, but it all seems to be coming for for fruition. Santander, Rutschman, Holiday, and the minor leagues pitching's been consistent. I think if they get some younger guys in the pitching as well, Grayson Rodriguez starts to figure it out. They'll be fine. Got guys like Kyle Gibson, Jack Flaherty, some veteran pitchers. So building up their starting pitching, they can be of dominant force for years to come. The Angels, man. Angels, disappointing. I mean, this cherry on top for the Angels was getting swept by the Athletics. That was terrible. 64-73 and 73 overall record as a whole. They are 3-7 and seven in their last 10, as mentioned. They got swept by the Athletics. Before that, they had a series against the Phillies on the road. They lost 2-3 there. So another down week for the Angels. A down year for them to say, um, you know, he is, or I should say Shohei, Going down with the, the, the torn ECO was kind of the cherry on top. He is still hitting, but at what cost? They did, if you guys listen to Waking Up With The Truth, which is for subscribers only, $2.99 a month gets you unlimited content, unlimited episodes, including betting information, stuff like that. So make sure you guys do that. But they did say that Mike Trout was going to meet with you know the, the management and figure out kind of what's the next plans for it because they had traded for these guys like Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez. Then they dumped them, and then they you know got rid of all these guys as a salary dump. So it's been disappointing for the Angels this season. I mean, they're still competing. They're probably not going to sign Shohei. What are they going to do moving forward? Uh, but it's been disappointing to say the least. So uh, tough for the Angels. Tough for Angels fans. At Adam Westenhofer, I feel bad for you. New York Mets, another fan franchise base that I feel bad for. Um, I guess Cohen had said that the Mets are going to be back to the promised land maybe, you know, in 2025, but it's been disappointing for them this season. They, you know, are a team that should have been better than they were. They had two of the highest paid players, pitchers, in that matter, Verlander and Scherzer, got rid of them both. Kota Senga's been good, had another dominant start there for the Mets, I believe going seven innings, uh, striking out 12. He's been really good for them. Ronnie Mauricio recently got called up, made his major league debut. He had success as well. Um, I believe hit a home run or at least got his first hit there. 63 and 74 record for the Mets. Four and six in the last ten. The last series they had a three game set versus the Rangers, lost two out of three, and then won two out of three versus the Mariners. So again, been an up and down season. They're continuing to get hit by pitches, which is a big deal with Pete Alonso and Buck Showalter. Again, I'm just curious to see what they're gonna do moving forward. I mean, I don't know how much better you can get. Yeah, Scherzer wasn't the best for the Mets, neither was Verlander, but having those guys and having inconsistencies on the offensive side, it's just been disappointing to say the least. So we'll see what happens as time moves on and I guess what other successes uh, Mets maybe we're going to have like next year, for example. But again, it's been disappointing for them. And finally, the final team is the St. Louis Cardinals. Another disappointing year for the Cardinals. Cardinals were really expected to do a lot better than they did. For the Cardinals, it all comes down to their pitching. Again, this week their pitching has sucked. 59-78 and 78 record in their last 10 games. They're 4-6. and six. Um, You know, For the Cardinals, their last couple of series, or I should say the series from last week, wasn't the best as well. Losing 2 out of 3 at home to the Pirates and winning 2 out of 3 against the Padres. Been inconsistent. Drew Rome's been inconsistent. Uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado have been good for the offensive side. Um, Lars Newmar was recently activated from the 10-day IL. Tommy Edmond had a walk-off hit, but at the end of the day, look, Wainwright was not very good for them. They had traded Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, just a lot of old pitchers that they had. There's no reason why they should have had as much failures as they did, but they did. And so the biggest thing with them is facing it and finding ways to move forward. And if they're able to move forward 
maybe they're still going to be able to compete for something because they still have Goldschmidt on contract, Arenado on contract. Nolan Gorman on the offense side, another young guy has been consistent as well. So there's a lot of things, I think, moving forward in the future for the Cardinals that you have to be pleased about. But, you know, the biggest thing with them is, again, finding ways to handle this season, taking their losses, and moving forward. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I'm going to be honest, this was not one of my best shows, and I completely apologize for that. I think you guys could tell. When we typically do these MLB shows, as you guys have seen, I'm usually kind of doing over the overview of the team, working on the games, maybe picking out a stat or two. But I didn't have time to go over each individual status AJ has done, and I just wasn't able to do everything that I was supposed to do. But I kind of tried to... I mean, the show must go on, so I kind of had to make it up as time went on. But I do really appreciate the guys' support if you were even listening to this podcast at all. Um, like I said, when me and AJ are back you know, doing the MLB show, it's going to be a lot better. So like I said, I do appreciate you guys' patience, and I know that your time is valuable, so I do really appreciate it. But if you guys did enjoy this podcast, feel free to let me know. Make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter. At the Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding the truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. As always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen. Sign off, take care, and good night. Mm-hmm.